Welcome to the teaching ministry of Stephen Fraser and Life of Faith Bible Church. An outreach dedicated to helping you triumph in every area of life. Now here's Pastor Fraser with today's message. Praise God. I'm so glad none of us are here by accident. I'm not just talking about here in this place this morning, but none of, none of us are here in this world by mistake. God purposed for us to be here. He's got a mission for us to accomplish. We've got things to accomplish in this hour, in this time, while we're here on planet Earth. We've got some things to transform, change, turn upside down, turn inside out. The world's counting on us. The world's counting on us. I, I believe there's been many uh, generations that have come and gone that didn't carry out their God-given assignment. Didn't carry out their God-given assignment. So, so those generations did not see the glory of God like they were supposed to. And as a result, people went to hell. They didn't have to go to hell. People le- lived defeated lives. They didn't have to live defeated lives. Because a people known as the church didn't carry out the mission, the assignment that God gave them to accomplish. I want to accomplish what God has, has called us to do. I want us to fulfill his purpose for our life. I want to hear, well done, good and faithful servant. And it's not going to happen just by just kind of cruising along in life. It's going to happen because we purpose to see it happen. Because we're determined to see it happen. We want to see it happen with all our heart. Jesus said, whatsoever things you desire when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Whatsoever things you desire, what do you desire? What do you desire? A lot of times they say, yeah, praise God, I desire a new this. I desire a new that. I desire some more of this and some more of that. But I like what it says over in Psalm chapter 1. We got to upgrade our prayers. We got to come up higher in our thinking. We got to think more in line with God's word. Yes, we got to know and understand God wants us to have good things and He wants us to ask for them. He says, You have not because you ask not. He wants us to get in faith about personal blessing in our life. But it's not just for the personal blessing of our life. See, we can't just stop there. So many people stop there and thus they never get into the purpose of God for their life. And if you don't get into the purpose of God for your life, you're not going to fulfill the phases of ministry that God has for you to fulfill in life. And you have a ministry to fulfill. There's a, a purpose for you to fulfill. Thank God we're on our way to heaven. But while we're here on earth, there's things to fulfill. There's th- things to accomplish. And so when we pray, we need to upgrade our praying and pray like the the psalmist said over here in uh, Psalm chapter 2. He says in verse 8, ask of me and I'll give you the nations for your inheritance, the ends of the earth for your possession. Ask of me. Ask, ask in faith, believing that you receive it. Use your faith, use your faith for more than just yourself. We need to use our faith to save the nations, to touch the ends of the earth. I'm talking to you, whoever you are who's listening. I'm talking to you, you can touch the ends of the earth. Because it's not just you. It's you connecting with the God of the whole earth. Connecting with him. He just needs your voice. He just needs your faith. He just needs you to ask. We just do, we just do the asking part. We do the asking part. God, God does the moving. God does the shaking. The shaking of the nations. God moves and shakes things. And causes people to come running into his kingdom. But where do they come into when they come into his kingdom here on the earth? They come into his church. They come to his people. 
And so his people have to be an exceedingly great people. We have to be an exceedingly awesome church that makes people want to run into the house of God. It doesn't matter if they're drug addicts. It doesn't matter if they're, if they're caught in the cords of perversion. It doesn't matter if they're wealthy. It doesn't matter if they're famous. It doesn't matter if they're world-renowned. Man, they want to get into the house of God. They want to get over there in the church of the living God. They want to get around the people of God. An awesome people standing in an awesome presence. The presence, the manifested presence of Almighty God. We need His presence to be mighty on our life. We need His blessing. He is the blessing. He is the blessing. He is the source of every good thing. Every good and perfect gift comes forth from Him. So we need Him in a mightier way than we currently have Him. We have Him. But we can't just sit here and say, oh, praise God, it's so good, it's so wonderful. Let's just go ahead and just set up our tabernacle right here and just keep it as is. You know, we built phase one, phase two. Bless God, we'll fill, build phase three. We'll have our nice three tabernacles, one for the Lord, one for Moses, one for Elijah. <laughs> and we'll just camp out right here in the presence of God. No. No, 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 we got to come down the mountain and deliver the demon-possessed. we got to heal the sick and deliver people. Glory be to God and let the glory of God be so strong. It just carries them into the house of God. It compels them to come into the house of God. Where we're walking in such faith that angels are released and they are assisting us and they're grabbing people, pulling them out of sin even as they did through Abraham's prayers when he was on the earth, grabbing Lot and his whole family and pulling them out of Sodom and Gomorrah. Angels can pull people out of current Sodom and Gomorrah. Angels do it. They did it because of the faith of Abraham. How about our faith today? Let our faith pull people out of sin. Pull people out of the darkness. Compel them to come to Christ. Come to the cross. Come and be saved. Christians that have been saved, they need to come and know there's more. There's more. So that they can come and become a part of this great army that God is building in the earth. It's time. Turn to someone and tell them it's time. It's high time to awake from our sleep. Come out of that slumbering place. Get over into high gear faith. And see the glory of God. Shake the nations. Touch the world. Hallelujah. It's time. It's time for that. It's time for that. We need to know the time that we are living in. We need to know the time we're living in. Last week we looked at the prophet Daniel. And Daniel had been praying and studying the Word of God. He'd been looking at the books of the Word of God, and he saw that what God had promised had come to pass. Seventy years of desolation and, and the destruction of Jerusalem had been accomplished. And now it was time for liberation. It was time for revival. It was time for a great awakening. It was time for God's people to rise up and come out of Babylonian captivity and go back to the homeland and walk in the glory of God, rebuild the house of God, restore it to the way it was meant to be. We got to see God's house restored back to the way God meant it to be. It's time. Daniel knew it was time when it was his time. He didn't miss it. He saw it. He saw it in the Word of God. And the Bible talks about the sons of Issachar. The sons of Issachar had understanding of the times to know what Israel ought to do. They, he, they knew what Israel was supposed to do at that time. They understood the timing. And the Bible says in 1 John 2.20, you have an anointing of the Holy One and you know all things. But are you listening? Are you, are you tapping into the anointing of the Holy One that you have so that you know all things? In the day of Jesus, as he walked the earth, 
One sad, sad prayer. Jesus prayed while up on the mountain overlooking Jerusalem. He said, oh, had you known, had you known that this was your hour of visitation. See, that generation missed it. They missed it. It wasn't just supposed to be just Jesus doing some signs and wonders. They were supposed to take hold of God and become a sign and a wonder to the world, but they missed it. And because they missed it, he said, now your enemies will come and they'll build an embankment around you and they'll level you and your children to the ground. Great destruction will now come because the church of that day did not know the hour of their visitation. And you think about World War I, World War II, and all the terrible atrocities that have happened throughout many different generations. Could it be because the church of those generations did not know, like the children of Israel in the days of Jesus, they did not know their hour of visitation. And so destruction, war, came upon the earth. We need to know. We need to know. And we can know. Lord, you didn't tell me. You have an anointing of the Holy One. And you know. You know all things. We know on the inside what's right. We know on the inside what's wrong. Unless we're just so dull, we've got no sensitivity to what's on the inside. We have no sensitivity to that anointing of the Holy One. How do you develop a sensitivity to the anointing of the Holy One? Be holy. Be holy even as He's holy. Amen. But you see, if we live unclean, unholy, worldly, fleshy lives, then we'll miss God. And a whole generation could be lost. Maybe generations could be lost. The purpose and plan of God could be so set back, so set back, that it might take generations for it to recover. Or maybe it won't recover. Maybe what God purposed to happen won't happen. And that's another thing we need to get a hold of so that we wake up and get busy. Is that just because God wills it to happen don't mean it's going to happen. People are going to hell and God's not willing that any should perish. He's not willing that any, yet whole generations have perished. God has purposed and desired many things. Many things for the people of the world. But his will has been lost. Because people didn't take hold of it by faith and live it out. So, we can't just sit back and listen to the devil's religious lies and say, well, whatever happens, happens. Whatever God wants to do, he'll do it. If God wants to make it happen, it's going to happen. No, we've got to be the ones to make it happen. By speaking his word, believing the word of God, getting over into high gear faith. Everybody say, high gear faith. See, what does that mean? You know, you got, you got your gears in your car, right? And so, yeah, I think a lot of Christians are in neutral. Some are in neutral. The problem with neutral is that the whole world is on an incline. So, neutral actually means you're going backwards. And I've seen so many Christians, they so enjoyed going backwards that they actually kicked it out of neutral and hit it into reverse. They weren't going back fast enough. They went running back to the vomit. They went running back into the world. And then some folks, you know, they're just in first gear. And you get over there in first gear, you get to go and you know, you can only go so far so fast before you blow your engine. And if you blow your engine, then bless God, you're going to start going back again. And then there's second gear, where we can go a little bit faster. And then there's third gear, where we can go a little bit faster. And then there's fourth gear. And then there's fifth gear. Man, we need to get into the seventh gear. Right? Because seven is heaven. That's God's gear. We need to get it into seventh gear. What are we talking about? Talking about your faith. Talking about your faith. If we're going to get where we need to be, we need to get there quick. We need to get there fast. So we're going to need supernatural help. But you see, we got that. We got that. We just got to get into faith. We need to just get into faith and we'll tap into that supernatural help that'll get us to where we need to be fast enough.
so that God's purpose is accomplished in the earth. Somebody say the whole earth needs to be full of his glory. We're responsible to make that happen. I said we're responsible to make that happen. It's up to us to make that happen. How many people want to make it happen? The Lord told us at the beginning of the year, he said, this is the year of plenty. It's a year of abundance. That's God's will, that we have abundance, that we're increased. And he gave us seven keys, seven keys on how to see to it that we walk in the fullness of the blessing that God has called us to. And he's told us we got three months left of the year. Three months left of the year. And just like Obed-Edom, who had gotten a hold of the ark of God's glory, his presence, brought it into his house. It so blessed his house that everybody heard about it. The whole nation heard about it. The king heard about it. And then they said, we got to have that ark of God's presence that's over there in the house of Abedidam because not only is he house, not only is he blessed, his whole household's blessed. Everything he has is blessed. And it was just three months. It was just three months. Think about that. That God's glory, his presence was so strong in that place that within three months, three months, he was overflowing with blessing. It became national. National. It affected the whole nation because of what was going on in Obedidom's house. David said, man, I got to have that three-month blessing. I got to have that anointing. I got to have that glory of God. God's saying that's what we got to have right now. We got to have it, but we got to have the attitude of David to, how to have it. I said, we got to have it, but we got to have the attitude of David to actually have it. And so David, he did some things. He did some things. Well, what did he do? He prayed. He prayed fervently. You and I need to pray. We need to step it up in our praying. I said, we need to step it up in our praying. Praying. Praying, I'm talking about crying, crying out to God, lifting our voice like a trumpet. Crying out to God, crying out like over in Isaiah 64. Why do you turn there? Verse 1. Oh! That's how our prayers need to start out. Oh! Oh! I'm about to lose my mind. Oh, God, that you would rend the heavens, that you would come down, that the mountains might shake at your presence. Of course, mountains are also types of kingdoms, kingdoms and nations. We want to see the nations shake. Oh, that God would come down and shake the nations. That he'd shake the mountains. That he'd shake things up. How people know we got to get shook first? May God shake us all this morning. Shake us out of any kind of complacency. Shake us out of neutral. Shake us out of first gear. I mean, some of you have been in first gear so long. I mean, bless your darling hearts. You've had your, you've had your foot on the accelerator. I mean, you got the thing almost pinned to the floor. But you're only in first gear. And I mean, there's smoke coming out of your engine. I mean, you mean well, you know. I mean, God bless you. Praise God. You got your pedal to the metal. Giving it everything you got. But I mean, there's smoke coming out and there's oil leaking. And I mean, this thing's about to explode. And uh, you're about to have a major setback. If you keep going like that, you got to change gears. You got to change some things. I said, you got to change some things up. Change some things around. That's what God wants us to do. He wants us to change even the way we're praying. That doesn't mean leave your praying that you've already established and it works, but we need to add to it. Move on from it, build on it. Not leave it, but build. When I say move on from it, I'm talking about building on it. Building on it. 
How many remember there? Over in Hebrews, the sixth chapter, where he said we need to move on from the elementary principles of the word of God. Notice this verse one, holding your place in Isaiah. Therefore leaving, this is chapter six of Hebrews. Therefore leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us shift gears. Let us shift gears and go on. I didn't say leave the transmission and leave the car. I just said shift gear, move. Shift gears. Move on from the elementary principles of Christ and go on. Don't stumble over this now. Perfection. 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 I might say that a few more times. Perfection. Why don't you say it with me? Perfection. 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 Say, I want perfection. No more passivity. So we got to move from passivity and move on to, he said perfection. Now people come along and they don't like that. And they say, well, what it actually means is maturity. And my margin actually says maturity. That's nice. He said perfection. What's your problem? If he says perfection, you could be perfect. He said that in Matthew, the sixth chapter. He said that you might be perfect even as your father in heaven is mature. Even as your father in heaven is mature. No, he said, even as your father in heaven is perfect. Perfect. That would sound kind of strange to say, as your father in heaven is mature. How many of you know he never needed to mature? He's just perfect. So we are maturing into perfection. Perfection. And the Bible tells us in 1 Corinthians, the 13th chapter, that if we walk in love, we're walking perfect. We're fulfilling all the law, all the commandments. That means everything we're doing is fully pleasing in the sight of God. Can we walk in love? Well, my Bible says in Romans 5, 5, that the love of God has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. That's that anointing of the Holy One that teaches us and causes us to know all things. We have this anointing, and it's the love of God that's on the inside of us. Love gives us light and causes us to be discerning to know what to do and what's right. Love causes us to know. Man, if we're complete or perfect, full of love, walking in love, man, we'll know everything we need to know. We'll know what's right for the moment and what's not right because we're sensitive to both God and man. We're recognizing what is the right thing to do. Love causes us to know what's the right thing to do. This love's been poured out into our heart and God's love is perfect. God's love is perfection. Are you supposed to walk in love? How much of it? All of it. You're to walk in love in everything you say. and every, Now, now, pastor, not in everything I say, not in everything I do. I mean, you know, nobody's perfect. We're just Christians. We're just forgiven. You know, we actually have ignoramuses that actually put that on the bumper of their car. And go around bragging of how ignorant they are of the Bible. And it says Christians aren't perfect. They're just forgiven. That is complete ignorance. And a cop out to live passive. Which is really reverse. It's really going backwards. No, God's called us to perfection. And that's what we're reaching for. Well, now this church, you know, this church, this church is, is different than all the other churches. This church is, you know, it's, it's different. It goes on. It's like, it's like the special forces. No, it's just a Bible church. It's just a Bible church. Other churches have just maybe forgotten what a Bible church is. A Bible church is Matthew chapter 6, where Jesus said, therefore you shall be even as your Father in heaven is. Perfect. So we're reaching for perfection, but we don't do it in our own strength. We do it by the Spirit of God. We do it by the love of God that's been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. 
That's how we do it. But we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. We can be perfect. Yes, if you can, if you can for five hours in a, around a bunch of ugly people, be lovely and forgive and not be resentful and be nice and be holy and restrain yourself from saying or doing bad things, wrong things, unlovely things, then you could do it for 10 hours. And if you could do it for 10 hours, you could do it for 12. Well, if you can do it for half the day, then you can do it for 24 hours. And the truth is, if you can do it for one full day, bless God, you can do it for two full days. There's nowhere where it says, now we, you're perfect up to this point. You can only be perfect for a few hours. You can only be perfect when Margaret acts semi-perfect. When Margaret goes bad, I understand you got to lose it. I understand you got to get out of the love of God. I understand you got to give somebody a piece of your mind. No, 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 no. We can be perfect. We can walk in love continuously. Not only can we, we must. We have to. We are called to this. We have to do this. And if we'll do this, then we'll know the times and the seasons and we'll walk in the fullness of the blessing that God has for us for this time. And when you walk in the fullness of the blessing for this time, then you can be a full blessing to this world. To this world. And it's all about the world. I don't want people going to hell on my account. I don't want people going to hell and the Lord saying, man, see, now you see this, this whole multitude of people? See them down there in torment? Yeah, oh Lord, man, your judgments are severe. Wow. Every one of them should have been up here. And I'm holding you accountable for it. I'm holding you accountable for it because you're sitting there on a neutral, reverse, first gear, second gear, neutral, back, forth, back, forth, up, down. I'm going to hold you accountable for all that. I don't know what that looks like, but he said it to Ezekiel. He said, man, their blood is going to be on your hands if you don't do what I tell you to do. If you don't lift up your voice and you don't declare what you've been told, if you don't show them the things that you're supposed to show them, that blood's going to be on your hands. I don't know what that looks like, but I don't want to find that out. I don't want to find that out with it being me. I mean, I don't mind maybe finding somebody else out over there on the other side of the kingdom and find out what happened to them. But I don't want it happening to me. I don't want it happening to you. We don't want the blood of sinners on our hands. No, bless God. We want to win people to the Lord. We want to fulfill what God has called us to do. And bless God, we're going to do it. How? How? Number one, praying. How do we pray? Oh, that you would rend the heavens, that you would come down. How much do we want to see God come down? How much do we want to see God come forth? How much do we want to see his glory in the earth? Well, just enough for, you know, me to have a nice, comfortable life. Once it gets comfortable, then I'm good. That's when my praying just about planes off. My prayer, my praying planes off. How many people, when things start going well for you, you're praying just kind of planes off. This kind of planes off. Well, you see, we can't have that. See, just about the time it's going good for you, that's the time to get up and get more of God so that you get over into the overflow of God. We need to get into the overflow of God, not just being satisfied with, well, I got blessed in my time of prayer. Did the world get blessed? Are the, is the earth shaken with the glory of God? Are the nations shaken? Are you changing things in the government? How people know our nation is on the edge? It's on the verge, man. It's on the verge of either total disaster. How many know disaster's right there? I mean, it is right, you could smell it. It is, it is right there. The putrid smell of satanic devastation and destruction of this nation is right there. If you can't smell that, you've lost your smeller. You've lost your ability to discern. You're not even probably saved. Because you, you're, you're not even sleeping. You're, you're dead. Because it smelleth. I said it smelleth. The smell of death and destruction. Devastation of our nation is right there. 
It's right there. But yet right over here, right over here. Can you smell that? It's a sweet smell. I said it's a sweet smell. A sweet smell that's, that's, that's coming up. It's coming up. It's coming up out of the church. It's coming up out of the earth. It's coming down from heaven. It's there. It's there. It's there. There's this battle going on. We're on the edge. We're on the edge of complete devastation or Holy Spirit manifestation that will turn the world upside down for God. Turn the world inside out with the glory of God. He says that you would come down. This is someone praying, by the way. That the mountains might shake at your presence. If somebody was recording your prayers, would it, does it ever sound anything like that? Oh, God, come down and do something about Margaret. I just change Margaret and I'll be happy. Oh, God, just do something about my finances and I'll be happy. How about the mountains? How about the nations? How about the world? Come on, somebody. If we're going to walk in the fullness of the blessing, we got to know what it's for. We got to know what it's for. It's for the world. It's for the world. It's for God's purpose, his kingdom. Verse 2, as fire burns brushwood, as fire causes water to boil, to make your name known to your adversaries, that the nations may tremble at your presence. We need that nation shaken fire of God. Just as surely as the fire causes the water to boil. And you know, waters are a type of multitudes of people in the Bible. We need to get the water boiling. We need to get the peoples of the earth boiling. And, there's, and the steam of praise ascending to God. How's that going to happen? We've got to get them under the fire. Or get the fire under them. We've got to get them in the fire of God. Somebody say, we need fire. We need the fire. Verse 3, when you did awesome things for which we did not look. You know, uh, uh, a lot of times people use that word awesome. I'm talking about a meal. They'll use awesome to talk about a vehicle, a meal, and a set of wheels. They say, that is awesome. So, that, so we've used that so much, we've lost what awesome means. God is awesome. And he wants to do what is really awesome in the world. Awesome. That I mean mouth dropping, body slamming to the floor, overwhelming awe, awe of what God is doing. Somebody say awesome. awesome. We're talking about perfection. We're talking about awesome. God wants to do awesome things. How many know splitting the Red Sea is awesome? How many know Pharaoh and, and his whole army was nothing, like nothing, nothing to Moses, to Moses and the awesomeness of the Almighty. We need to have that. And if God wants to do it, no, 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 no. If you want it to happen, so much so that you lift your voice to God, that you cry out to him, that you lift your voice like a trumpet and say, oh God, we need a move of you. An earth-shaking move. We need to see your glory. We need to see your power. That's what we're looking for. We're supposed to be looking for that when we come into the sanctuary. When we come into the house of God, we're to be looking for his glory. Looking to be shook up. Looking to be transformed by his power. But so much glory. So much power. That man, it, we go forth from here and we shake. We shake the world. Can we do it? Not in our current state. Things got to change. Things got to change. We got to get back to where we were. In the, back, in the book of Acts. We got to get back to Acts. We just got to get back to where the early church was because they turned the world upside down. They shook their generation. They shook nations, not they, but the power of God that was on their life. But they positioned themselves for that glory of God. Jesus came. He did his part. But then he told his disciples, now you go and wait. 
until you are endued with power from on high. And they went and they waited. They didn't know it was going to happen on the day of Pentecost. They had no idea when it was going to happen. But they sat and they waited and they waited seven days, eight days. The ninth day, ninth day, nothing seems to be changing. doesn't matter. They're having a glorious time praying. They're praying. They're praying. And they're not just praying. They're studying the scriptures. You read that over in uh, the first chapter of Acts. They were studying the scriptures and they saw, hey, you know, somebody's got to take Judas's spot because it's written. You know, here it is in the word of God. And so they recognized we got to appoint somebody to take Judas's position. And so they're praying. They're studying the word. They're getting ready. They're getting into position for what's about to come. And they're just hours away from it. The ninth day, the ninth day in the evening, they had no idea what was going to happen tomorrow morning. They knew it was going to happen. Something was going to happen. He said, power's coming. Something's going to happen. He's going to empower us. And we're waiting on him. And we're not just sitting here being idle, not just sitting here watching TV waiting. No, we're watching the word. We're waiting on the Lord. We're seeking him. We're studying him. We're studying his glory. We're getting to know him. Somebody says, yeah, I know him. Well, you don't know him as you ought to know him. As you need to know him. We need to know him more. So how do you know that? Because to know him is to have faith. And quite obviously, looking at your faith, we don't know him enough. Because we need to have faith that's shaking the nations. We need to have faith that's changing the world. We need to have faith... That causes the glory of God to come in such a powerful way that the nations come running to it. I'm talking about pull God out of heaven faith. But actually, we don't pull him out of heaven, do we? No, no, no. That's another scripture, Romans, the 10th chapter. Somebody say, study the word. Oh, yeah, I see that. Thank you, Lord. See, in the old, under the old covenant, see, they didn't have God living in them. So their cry was, oh, God, rend the heavens and come down. But then we come over here to the New Testament, and we look at Romans, the 10th chapter, and it says here that uh, we're not to say that. We're not to say those words. Verse 6. But the righteousness of faith speaks in this way today under the new covenant. Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven. That is to bring Christ down from above. Don't say that. Don't say God rend the heavens and come down. You say, well, Pastor, you just told us that we need to have that kind of praying over the night. Absolutely. You need to have Isaiah 64 kind of praying. Oh, God. Crying out to God kind of praying. But what we actually ask for is a little different. Instead of rending the heavens and come down, notice what he says. Do not say in your heart who will ascend into heaven, that is to bring Christ down from above. Or who will descend into the abyss, that is to bring Christ up from the dead. He went down into the abyss. But what does it say? The word is near you. Even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Where is the word? In your heart and in your mouth. And so we need to be crying out to God. Oh God, rend me. Rend me, Lord. Rend us. Rend your church. Rend us. That the word of God that is in us would come forth. That your glory that is in us would come forth. That your power that is within us would come forth. That the whole world would see your glory. Where? Up in the heavens? Now upon us. Upon you and me. Rend me, Lord. We're talking C-section. we can't get this thing out, if we can't birth it, 
then God rend it. But get what's in me out of me. I can't stand it anymore. I can't stand having all this knowledge, wisdom, and truth locked up on the inside of me. I need the glory to come out and be upon me. We need to see the Word of God in manifestation in the world. Got to have it. Oh, God. Rend the church. Do what you got to do to get Christ in us. Get Him upon us. Get his glory upon our life. Somebody says, I don't know if I want a C-section. You want whatever it takes. You want whatever it takes. We can't just keep this thing locked up inside anymore. Some of you have been in labor for too long. Some of you, that's where some folks say, just, just laboring, laboring, laboring. But now it's time for God to do some things. And it's time to get, to get out of that place and get God out of us so that we see his, his glory and walk in the fullness of his blessing. Can you say amen? amen? Well, see, that's the word that's in us. Study the word. Study the word. And it's in your heart and in your mouth. That's number three, mutter. Mutter, remember we talked about that. Mutter, mutter, meditate the word by muttering it to yourself day and night. Then you'll make your way prosperous. Then you will have good success. You need to be a mutterer. You need to be a mutterer. Speaking God's word, muttering the word of God to yourself. The word needs to be in your heart and in your mouth. Can you say amen? Amen. Praise God. What's number four? Be holy. Holiness, holiness. There are actually three levels of holiness or sanctification. We're talking about being holy. We're talking about being set apart unto God. We need to be set apart unto him. That happens, number one, when we're born again. When you get born again, you are sanctified, set apart for God in your spirit. And then there's the sanctification that comes through experience, experiential. It's you being full of the Holy Spirit, living a Spirit-filled life. Living a Spirit-filled life. Keeping yourself filled up with the Holy Spirit. Renewing your mind to the Word of God. That's sanctifying your soul. And then there's the presenting your body. Number three, as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. you got to do something about your body. Your body is not yours to just do whatever you want with it. It's God's temple. It's God's house. It's to be holy. It's to be set apart for him. You need to be asking him what you should be eating. Not what you want to eat. You don't just eat everything you want to eat. You don't just do everything you just want to do with your body. Your body belongs to God. We need to recognize our bodies, the temple of the Holy Spirit. If we want God to be glorified in our bodies, if we want to see him manifest through our life, then our bodies are going to have to be holy unto him. Set apart unto him. It's going to have to be sanctified. It's going to have to be. Thank God. When we got born again, our spirits got sanctified. Thank God through the word of God and being filled with the Holy Spirit, we get our soul, our fellowship with the Holy Spirit. Our souls are sanctified, but we got to get our bodies sanctified too we got to live a holy life, a holy life. And a holy life is a powerful life. Everybody say, a holy life is a powerful life. Why is that? Because holiness produces such a crystal, clear, clean anointing that no devil can stand in its presence. Holiness causes the anointing of God that's on our life and that that word of God that's in our heart, that Christ that's in us, that's in our heart, that comes forth from our life, causes to come forth untainted, untainted by the world, by the flesh, by the dirty things of the earth. No, no, no. It's so crystal clear. Man, it's powerful. It drives out demons. Demons can't even get around it, right? We saw that with Jesus. I mean, mean, you know, he was holy. And the anointing on him was an unhindered anointing, crystal clear anointing that flowed from his life, so clean, so unhindered. 
had nothing in it defiling it, nothing in it to weigh it down, nothing in it to hinder it from accomplishing what it was sent to accomplish. Man, it would just go forth from his life. And Jesus, holy Jesus, walking in the Holy Spirit, stepping out of that boat. Man, there were demon-possessed people up there in the cemetery that no man could bind. Church folks had been trying to bind that guy for years. They hadn't been able to set him free. They hadn't been able to control him. They'd wrap him up with chains to try to control him, but he'd break the chains. They couldn't, he was just total out of control behavior. But Jesus was so holy and the anointing was so clean that when it flowed forth from his presence that those demons from afar cried out, cried out and said, ah, what have we to do with you, Jesus? Have you come to torment us? And that tormented man was delivered and set free in a moment. They couldn't chain him to hold him in freedom. They couldn't do anything to bind him and keep him from sin. But when Jesus just showed up and said, go to the devils, the man was completely set free. That's the kind of anointing we need to see flowing in the house of God. That's the kind of anointing we need to see flowing from our lives. That's the kind of anointing we need right now. I said, we need that right now. That's all part of the three-month blessing. Can we emerge out of this, out of these three months just like Jesus? Perfect, huh? holy, full of the word and overflowing, sanctified, spirit of God moving in our midst. God coming forth from our life so that people are getting delivered. People are getting holy. They get holy just by getting on the phone with you. You just, they say, is Charlie there? Let me put you on holy, hold. And just while they're on hold, knowing that Charlie's coming to the phone, demons begin crying out. People start having epileptic fits. And the devils leave. And by the time Charlie gets on the phone and says, good day, the person is completely set free. Say thank you, but just being on hold, waiting for, your, waiting for you. Set me free. Why not? Why not? I mean, aprons and handkerchiefs were taken from the apostle Paul's body and demons went out of people and people were healed and delivered. Come on, somebody. That's the kind of anointing God's looking for in these last days and even greater. Even greater. Thank God for the early church. We need to get back to where they were but not stay there. We need to move way on. We need to be writing our own story about the glory. Come on, this is, this is the time for the culmination of all things. Take all the glory of the Old Testament, uh, the glory of Jesus, uh, the glory of the New Testament, and see greater glory. See greater works than even Jesus saw. Come on, that's what he said. He said, you're going to do even greater works than these because I'm going to my Father. We're going to see even greater. Or are we? Or are we? I mean, John the Baptist I mean, he lived in such an exceedingly perverse generation, you know. I mean, these folks were as dull and as dead to the things of God that even though God in flesh was walking right there in their midst, they missed it. They missed it. And Johnny the Baptist, man, he's just a man like you and I, but he was beside himself. He had to see the glory of God. It got to the point where that man, I mean, he's out there like a wild man eating locusts and wild honey running around like a madman, just crazy about God, just crazy about the Word, shout and repent, get right with God. And you know what? It worked. It worked. Now, if you're going to win people, we must not do things to offend them. We, we must make sure that, uh, you know, we are spiritually, politically correct and how we address the congregation, especially on Sunday morning. Pastor, I think you're getting a little too fired up this morning. It's quite obvious they're not ready for that. They were just coming here for a little teaching this morning. They weren't ready. They didn't know that it was a service where they already should have jumped out of their seat about 10 or 20 times, and they should have been shouting and rending themselves, rending themselves. 
getting all fired. They didn't know that. See, you got to chill out. See, they're not ready for this. Even though they walked in and read the sign that was over the door that said, I sought for you in the sanctuary to see your glory. They didn't know. They didn't know. They just thought that was a religious thing because it's there every week. They didn't know that. So they were just, you know, they were just coming to church. And so you got to wait. You got to wait. That's a special meeting. That's a special thing at a special time. Or do something in the back room. But don't offend people. I mean, there's people watching on Facebook for crying out loud. This is overwhelming. We can't do this. You're going to, it's people like you that scare people from coming to church. Well, wait until I come next week uh, wearing a leather belt. Eating wild honey and, and locusts and walking around with oil that's still dripping from my body that I never washed off. It worked for Johnny. Seemed to work well for Elijah. Seemed to work well for them, but I guess today in this high-tech generation... It doesn't work. Let me tell you something. Some fire come out of heaven and whack somebody upside the head. It's going to work. People start feeling the fire of God. It's going to work. It's going to work. God works. God still works. Thank you. God, thank you. Thank you. God still works. I got news for you. God still, you nerd. God still works. He'll knock your little nerdy glasses off. You little high-tech generation. You little social media roam about. God's fire still works today. It'll make your water boil. It'll cause your blood to boil. It'll cause you like, uh, like the prophet Jeremiah. I mean, they were beating him. They were throwing him in prison. They were, they were harassing him. He said, I'm not going to speak of him anymore. But then he said, but I couldn't keep quiet. His word was in me like fire shut up in my bones. And I was weary holding it back. I can't hold it back. It don't matter what it costs me. It don't matter what it does to me. It doesn't matter how it makes me look. I can't hold it back. I can't hold it back. We can't hold him back. We got to let him out. Oh, God, rent me. Shout it. Let your glory come on me. Let your power come on me. That the world might shake. That the nation shake. Because of the glory that's coming up on me. To set captives free. Hallelujah. Praise God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Somebody say be holy. Holy, 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 holy. Holy, holy. We need moral integrity. Moral integrity. Moral integrity and spiritual intensity. And that's number five. We need to be passionate. Passionate in our praise. Passionate in our worship. Passionate for God. Passionate about the things that we believe and know. And it needs to be like Jeremiah, where we just can't, we just can't hold. The, even the disciples said, we can't hold it back. You know, whether it's right in the sight of God to, to, to be men pleasers or not, you decide. But we can't help but speak the things that we have seen and heard. We can't help it. And their lives were threatened. Our lives aren't even threatened yet. And yet, we can help it. We can help. And we know a whole lot more than they know. I said, we know a whole lot more than Peter, James, and John. Do you understand? They didn't have all this. They didn't have the Pauline epistles. They didn't have all this revelation of who we are in Christ Jesus. They didn't know all that. They just had basic understanding. I mean, I mean, we're over there in the book of Acts, far into the book of Acts, before Peter finally figures out, hey, you know what? Maybe we should preach this to the Gentiles. He's just figuring it out. Hey, guys, I think we should preach this to the heathen. I, think this, I, th I don't think this needs to stay in Jerusalem. He's just figuring that out. We're way beyond that. These men couldn't keep quiet concerning the things they had seen and heard. What's our problem? Sleeping. 
Sleep neutral, backwards. Burning it up in first gear. It's got to change. I said it's got to change. It's got to change. You got to get passionate about that. If you don't get passionate about it, gotten to change, it ain't going to change. You got to get, get fired up about it. You got to get passionate about it. You got to get into it. It's not my personality. Good, 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 good. Good, good, good. I tell you what, next week I'm coming in with a hot iron. I'm going to test your personality. Huh? You don't like to jump and shout? <laughs> I thought it wasn't your personality. Well, that's different. Notice where they're holding. Oh, that's that's different. No, I'm talking about different. Oh, I'm talking about different. I'm talking about a literal hot iron. I'm talking about a literal fire of God. I'm talking about a literal something that causes somebody's burn blood to boil. Man, we almost got past the second row on that one. We hit the third. A little bit of the... Listen to the anointing that's on the inside of you. Discern the time. Discern what time it is. It's 12.17. And just maybe... Maybe it isn't just Stevie that's trying to get something over to you. Just maybe, maybe the Spirit of God is wanting to kick you off the edge. Huh? Because, see, we're on the edge. We're on the edge of either devastation in our nation or glorious manifestations in our nation. And we're on this edge here. And you see, if we don't get kicked off the edge, we're going to see devastation. See, see what I'm saying? So we got to get off the edge so the pastor has been anointed to push and kick and throw some people off the edge. Oh, get me off the edge! 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 Woo! Get me off the edge! Get me off the edge! Get me off the edge! Church has to get off the edge! Gotta get off the edge! That's why some of you have, have, have felt so edgy. So edgy, you, you're going through life just edgy, just edgy, just edgy. I just, I don't know what it is, I just feel edgy. I just, everything seems to irritate me because you're on the edge. If you don't do something about it, I got news for you. If you haven't noticed, the devil is really busy about doing something about it. See, 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 he knows we're on the edge. He knows he's on the edge. He knows. He knows the world is on the edge. And he's pushing, and he's shoving, and he's screaming, and he's moving, and he is stirring up people. And it is so wonderful. I mean, it's amazing, the devil. He's so wonderful how he could stir people up so well. I mean, he can get them into a frenzy where they don't even care if a camera's on them. They don't care if there's a policeman standing over there. They're going to throw something through that window. They're going to go in there. They're going to steal. They're going to kill. They're going to destroy. They're going to do the works of the devil. They're going to manifest Satan, and they don't care. They have a reckless abandonment about themselves. See, he's got an army. He's got an army that wants to steal, kill, and destroy. He wants to push this thing over the edge. He wants to bring devastation upon our nation. But God's got an army. God's got an army. God's got an army. That's it. Just, they're not going to stay on the edge. Because if we stay on the edge, we're going to get pushed back. We're going to get pushed back. We're gonna, we can't get pushed back. We got to get passionate. We got to get fired up. We got to get stirred up. We got to realize, no, no, we got to have God. We got to have him now. And my prayers are a part of making that happen. My faith is key to that happening. I need to be a part of this. I need to do this. I can't hope the pastor and everybody else is going to do this. It seems like there's enough fired up people in here to get it done. The Lord don't need me. No, he needs you. He needs every vote. He needs every person. 
He needs everyone doing their part so that he can bring about his part, what he wants to do in this world. Come on, somebody. We got to see Jesus. We're seeing demons. We're seeing devils. We're seeing Satan. Now we got to see Jesus. Got to see Jesus, man. And we can have this. We can have this. You know, our prayer, our prayer we have affected the government. Our prayers are holding things back. Our prayers are working. Don't, get, don't, 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 don't think we're not already pushing things back and affecting things in this, in this nation, around this world. Because we are. We know what we're getting in prayer and we're seeing the fruit of it. And so we got things in a good position, but it ain't enough. We, we, we need now reinforcements. We need the church to rise up. We need the church to rise up now. And we need to see this glory manifest. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Say, I can't lose this. I got to have this. I got to walk in this. I need to pray like I've never prayed before. I need to study God, study the glory, study faith, study the word like I've never studied before. I need to meditate, muttering God's word, speaking it to myself constantly, day and night, so I can be successful at doing what God wants me to do. I need to be holy. Even as he's holy, I got to be sanctified, spirit, soul, and body. I got to be passionate. I got to be on fire. I got to lift my voice. I got to shout. I got to dance. I got to whirl around. I mean, I got to lose it in the presence of God. Hallelujah. I can't live for me anymore. I can't be limited anymore by the fear of man. I fear God. Heavenly Father, rend me. Cut me open. Cause your glory to come forth from my life and be manifested. Or help me to give birth and do it now. Help me to breathe and push and get you out into this realm without worrying what people think. I don't care. I got to have God. I got to see the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Man, we're going to get to the point here real soon because we have to get there quick. Everything's got to be quick now. Everything's got to be quick now. It has to be. Can't you see that? Can't you see that? Jesus said in Matthew 16, verse 2, he answered and said to them, when it is evening, you say, it'll be fair weather for the sky is red, red. And in the morning, it'll be foul weather today, for the sky is red and threatening. Hypocrites! You know how to discern the face of the sky, but you cannot discern the signs of the times? You can't see this? He called them hypocrites. You can't see this? Man, we got to see this. We need things to happen fast. We, we're behind, I got news for you. We're behind the eight ball. We're behind on this. Thank God, our Lord, he knows he's got the cue stick and he knows how to hit you just right. <laughs> Get you out from behind the eight ball, man. Hit the whole block of balls and knock them everywhere. Put everybody in their pocket. Come on, somebody. Put everybody in their place. It's got to happen. I mean, we're not just having fun. This is real. We are really in a serious, serious time, and God needs you. God needs your, God needs you. He needs his church. He needs you. This church needs you. In high gear. The church needs you, man. Fired up, passionate, bringing your supply every week. No more just, just showing up. 
Don't you dare just come in here again showing up. I had a hard week, then I just won't even come. No. You need to wake yourself up. You need to do whatever it takes. You need to do whatever it takes to wake yourself up and get your shout back. If you lose your shout, you get your shout back. We can't go a whole day without a shout. We got to be shouting through the day now. Just blasting the walls of Jericho. Just blasting the devil's walls that he's put around to try to keep us out of what God has for this generation. He ain't going to keep us out. He ain't going to keep us out. We're on the offense. And we're, we're doing a demolition work. We're going to blast his walls down. We're going to go in shouting. We're taking everything God's got for us. Can you say amen? amen? Praise God. Oh, God, give us more utterance. Give us more utterance in the days ahead. And may we get to the place where the pastor has to beg the people to quiet down because they just won't settle down. They just can't be kept quiet. They got to shout. They don't, they don't care anymore. They got to see God. They got to, they got to have his glory. And the pastor's got to say, please, please, please. I got three more points I want to get across. And they say, we, we can't stand it anymore. We got to have God now. We got to see him now. We got to see him now. Can you say amen? amen? Give him a shout. Praise God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. That concludes this message. For more information about Life of Faith Bible Church or Stephen Fraser Ministries, go to our website at lofbc.org. While you're there, be sure to check out the many other teaching series and books by Stephen Fraser. That website again is lofbc.org. And you can always call 888-542-2555. We trust today's message has encouraged your faith and strengthened your spirit to live the victorious life. And until next time, remember, we always triumph and we always win.